So the semi truck pulls up on Adam street and they're like, where's your loading docks? And we're like, loading docks. <laughs> what do you mean loading docks? Like there's just a single door. Hey, Prudences, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Bruce from Printavo. Really special episode. Mr. Stephen Farragut at Campus Inc. is with us today. That's not our guest, though. Our guest is Rich Santo out of Culture Studio in Chicago. He has a 50,000 square foot facility, does heavy entertainment merchandising like bands, Taylor Swift, I'm sure Bieber, these types. And then he also just bought a 75,000 thousand square foot facility in Florida. Crazy expansion, crazy growth. Really excited to dive in. But real quick, we've got four awesome sponsors. Check them out. They're really supporting us to help support the space. So Farag, you want to kick it off with Multicraft? Multicraft underscore daddy. Last time I checked, Multicraft underscore daddy had 420 followers on Instagram. But if you need ink supplies or a daddy, Multicraft screen printing and digital supplies for over 50 years provides you with the top brands at competitive prices. Mention the Printavo podcast and receive an extra 10% off your first order. Boom. Thanks, Multicraft. They're at 421 now. Easy mm. way. You shouldn't be spending all day cleaning dirty screens. Easy ways line of environmentally conscious chemicals will get the job done faster, more efficiently, and cost you a fraction of the cost per screen. Thanks, Easy Way. There isn't an easier way than Easy Way. Haven't met one yet. Ding. Thanks, Easy Way. I saw a really weird URL come across my phone. I think it was 1900hotstuff.com. Did you see that, Bruce? I don't know. Um, Chris, you could probably, can you pop this up? Yeah. But, uh, it seems when you go to this website, it seems to be Nick and Lucas from Graphic Source. So, Graphic Source offers industry leading outsource options for your shop by truly becoming part of your team. They plug and play with Printavo and other shop management softwares. When it comes to SEPs, mock-ups, creative art, order management, embroidery, digitizing, back office, admin, and customer service, there's no better company in our industry to work with. With over 30 years in the game, they really know and understand shop needs and have a proven track record of success. Hit up graphicsource.com or 1-900-HOT-STUFF for your art staffing needs and mention the Printavo podcast for 50% off your first vector SEP or embroidery order. Thanks, Graphic Source. Sweet. Bruce. Supercolor. Supercolor is world's best heat transfer made by screen printers for screen printers. Supercolor understands firsthand the pressures and expectations of the screen printing business. Rum, one of the owners, is actually a screen printer as well, uh, was running a shop before and wanted to build and create a better heat transfer. We've seen their facility in California. They got a bunch of other facilities around the U.S. and internationally now. Really, really cool. I know Steven over at Campus Inc. uses a ton of Supercolor. Uh, we mentioned them nonstop because they, you know, as DTF has been big, um, their quality is right there. It's really good. So 15% off your first order, which is really, really great. Thank you, Supercolor, for offering that. Mention Printavo and you'll get it. And I, I can't say that well, that Supercolor just helps us whenever we're in a jam. I mean, they help us all the time, but they are super fast, super easy. Their color gamut is spot on and they always show up no matter what. Um, they never run out of ink or film or any of the other stuff. So I saw the article, which was huge. Yeah, I've got that on my list here. 75,000 square feet, bought the building. Um, 
there's a lot there to unpack. But real quick, though, I didn't know you guys also started in 2008. Was it you? Was it you and your brother? Because your brother helps in the business, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I have two brothers. Um, you know, both of them are in the business, Nick and Joey. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick kind of came in first, you know, he ran some of our retail stores that we had. So we basically had a brand of our own prior to getting into the manufacturing side. Um, and, and, you know, that's kind of our, our story was that we were in the retail side of the business and had a streetwear brand and then got into entertainment and we're starting to basically throw parties across the country, advertising the brand selling the brand in our flagship stores and then in stores across the country. And then, you know, we, the problem that we had was where do we make these products that we wanted to do like wild giant discharge prints all over the place and rhinestones on the hood and, you know, all this like, you know, way over the top decorating and pretty much anybody that we went to was like, no, we only print 16 by 18 or we don't even know what discharge ink is at the time, you know, right. between 2005 and 2008. Um, and so basically we were said, you know what, we're going to bring our youngest brother, Joey, who was kind of like the machine guy. He, you know, kind of understood how to, how to use these machines. Um, and so we brought him in, opened up a tiny little 900 square foot, I guess you'd call studio. That's kind of where that word comes from. And we basically made our own products. And, uh, and then, you know, bring in basically who, you know, Carlo are who we call like the fourth brother, who's a best friend that we grew up with. And he's like the sales guy, you know, he was like, you know, then when, when we kind of shifted out of making our own brand in 2008, the worst time possible to sell $200 <laughs> rhinestone hoodies, um, we shifted into basically making products for other people. And, uh, and we've been at that ever since, you know, certainly no overnight success in any way, shape or form, you know, we're we're going on 14 years, you know, just slowly building 900 square feet, 9,000 square feet, you know, then, then moving into 50,000 square feet where we're at today. Um, and then that's, you know, kind of how we got into, into wanting to, to expand, um, you know, we've, we filled this facility that's 50,000 square feet, seven days a week, you know, oftentimes when we're, we're talking to other people like it don't, can't you put another shift on, uh, in Chicago, there are no more shifts to be had, you know, it's seven <laughs> days a week, 24 hours a day. The alarm is never set. It's so a seven 11. You, I mean, that's a, like, obviously you, you guys are clearly doing super well or have grown a lot. What do you, I feel like every business has different pivotal moments in, in the journey, right? Like, I feel like ours may have been starting to bring on management. Um, it may have been like certain pieces of functionality and then probably certain types of marketing, like just doing a lot more content marketing, uh, retargeting, things like that, like we're clear shifts in the business growth. What are some things for Culture Studio that that really changed the trajectory? 
you know, it was the combination of, you know, we were in the entertainment business prior to getting into the manufacturing side. And so, you know, our niche is the music industry. I mean, 90 something, you know, percent, high 90 percent of our business comes from retail or touring artists um, and, you know, focusing, you know, really heavily on that. But, you know, I would say even even more important, you know, than than, you know, the niche that we kind of chose was our mindset and our you know dedication to being in the absolute yes business that has been daunting for the last 14 years. I have I have to be honest, uh, but, you know, we, we decided that we were going to build something, you know, that was going to make an impact. We were, mm-hmm. we were going to build something, you know, that, that our clients could be proud of, you know, not, not just, not just us proud of it, but, you know, our clients could actually take pride in something that we were going to build. And, and really we're, we're solving a problem for them. We're powering their ability to make money on merchandise. And, uh, and, and that, you know, mindset, which has been the hardest thing to train on, even more so at scale, you know, now that we can't really bear hug all of our, our team members, you know, they're, so they're all, all over the country. And, and now even, you know, a lot of production people in another state, you know, like having, you know, the scalability to train, you know, the, the yes mindset, we receive the order at 10 o'clock in the morning. And then, and then we're going to produce that order on second shift and ship it that, that same day. And, and like how overwhelming that could feel on a daily basis. And, and then say it has to be perfect. You Mm -hmm. know, the the print has to be perfect. The garments have to be perfect. uh, You know, that has to go to the, the right address. It has to get there on time. Are there even more specific, like, um, I don't know, obviously the, the facility you're in in Chicago, huge, right. Or, or, or was it like landing a a certain contract or, or like a opportunity? What what popped the top off of it? Yeah, I think, you know, the, definitely our dedication to that industry, you know, was, was, was definitely a pivotal moment. You know, we, when we first got into the business, uh, you know, Carlo was bringing on, uh, clients that, you know, like Threadless, that's a Chicago company. That was one of our first, I would say like, you know, big contracts that we got. And, you know, int- funny, you know, little R. side R. story is them. that, uh, yeah, maybe well, RIP? I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I they were that. so popular before. I think they're, they're, you know, heavily into on demand, um, print on demand. And, you know, they, you know, kind of can spread out and, you know, do as many graphics as they want and they make one of one. Um, but when, when Carlo and I went in to pitch them, you know, we had one manual, uh, maybe eight color press and we showed them pictures of three autos, uh, you know, that, that we actually, you know, I just, I think either we, we took pictures of, of somebody else's shop or, you know, I can't remember, but like in our pitch deck, we showed all these automated presses. Um, and you know, they just said, I think they're for their first order (laughs) with us, like 1400 units or something like that. And, and Joey and my cousin Dominic, they're like, how are we going to print these? You know, like we have one manual press. Like it was like 12 colors. You know, like they just manually printed them, you know, actually, actually, I think, you know, they even did stuff where they would swap screens out along the way. I mean, it was, you know, we were in 900 square feet, you know, the, the dark room was in the bathroom. 
Um, wow. You know, we you know, had like the light unit shoved in the side of a, of, of a bathroom. So then you guys have really like you've grown in Chicago. You have a 50,000 square foot facility operating in Chicago, which for listeners, it's not easy to run that big of a facility in Chicago, like natively. That's that's a pretty big undertaking. What's that been like? You've got probably the highest labor wages in the country. Yep. Um you know, in a pretty saturated market, like how did you guys grow to even that? Cause that's, that's crazy scale right there. Yeah. I think straightforward to say that we chose that word. I think foolishly, you know, like we chose culture quite foolishly when we first started, but then had we chose it and it was already like on the logo. So we, so we had to focus on that and, and our culture is, you know, Unlike uh, very often people talk about like, you know, their Google's culture, right. Or, or Facebook culture, like the free snacks and, and, um, you know, slides or, or work-life balance, things like that. You know, our culture that we, that we started with from the beginning was that we were going to attempt to completely change the way that the industry did business. Uh, and we were going to attempt to, you know, build the largest one. And, and we haven't really looked back from, from that side. And, and it's again, like it hasn't been, like you said, like it hasn't been easy to build three shifts across seven days and, and continue to, we, we brought special order power from, from ComEd. You can imagine who we had to work with in Chicago to get that. Right. Um, I mean, work with, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who we had to work with to get that. Uh, there's even some better Daytona stories that, that we could hit on, but, um, (laughs) you know, we, we, we haven't let that go you know, and, and, and that's that, that has been, you know, the trajectory, uh, you know, and the pedal and the bar is always raised. And, you know, the industry that we play in, unfortunately only looks at your last delivery. You know, it's, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard pill to swallow. It's like, you could, you know, we run like a 0.14% spoilage rate, you know, it's like, it's like so small, but if we mess just the last job up or it ships to the wrong location because whatever UPS, you know, makes a mistake. It's like, you're, you're over, you know, you're done. You're how toast. could you, how could you dare your toast? Right. How, how, how do you do, do three? Sh- I mean, we talked to a lot of shop owners and they're like, okay, I don't need to buy a press if I put in a second shift, but I would agree. I don't want to be here and I don't want to have to like be called at 10 p.m. that there's a problem from the shift manager. Like, are you just investing in next level management, which seems like the go-to solution, but how how do you do it? Let alone three shifts. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I I would consider, you know, we are a family business by, you know, I think the, the definition of a family business, having one or more you know, family members work inside the business, but even at, you know, our infinite stage, we assembled a board, um, you know, we, you know, heavily, heavily invested in top management and, uh, you know, all of our team members, especially on the, on the board side have, have been here forever. And, you know, you know, even Annabelle, right. She started with us as simple, simply an account manager, and then, you know, grew, she's going to go on 10 years with us in, in the business. I mean, she, she has been such a, a monumental uh, 
piece of, of building this business and the ability to have these shifts. And she just grew. She likes people. She was really good at everything. She was no matter what role she chose, she was going to be great at it. And it's people like her. And I, I can name 20 other people that allowed us to really assemble board level management level. And, you know, the, I, I see tracking go out when I wake up in the morning at two o'clock in the morning and four o'clock in the morning, you know, every one of those shifts have incredible leaders. We've have, we've heavily, heavily invested in that. And it hasn't been easy to be profitable you know, Rich, with that thought process. Rich, how, at what stage in your business? Cause like me and Bruce talk about like bringing really, really great people in and we always wait, you know, we're too cheap early on. We're trying to scrap with whoever yeah, we could we, find. Yep. And then, and then we get those people and we're like, damn, I should have gotten them earlier. <laughs> right. Or I should have, I should, I should invest in really high, you know, high quality people. How small were you when you guys kind of like that light bulb went off? They're like, guys, if we're going to do this, it's not just us four. We're going to need, you know, the best leaders, the best people, you know, the best artists. Like when did you guys, when, at what stage did you, did you, did you make that, that call? Uh, we, I think we have, you know, a, a slightly different, you know, I think, uh, way that we went about this, which, which is training not required or experience not required. The, the vast majority of our board members, you know, at the executive level or at, at the management level. Now, you know, we, on across shifts, we've, we've brought in some, you know, really wildly experienced people. Um, and then, you know, we can talk about, you know, how we went out and found somebody to run Daytona, but the vast majority of our, you know, main people that, that run the business, you know, at this point, what I'm doing is, you know, dealing with legal and, and dealing with the clients and, and dealing with finance and stuff like that. I, I, you know, humbly can say that that this team runs the business and i would say the vast majority of them have been homegrown and home trained and home managed and then we look to outside sources you know i'm a, a part of a vistage group we meet once a month there's a training every single month for eight hours i almost always bring a team member with me to one of those training sessions um so you know Quite, quite early, we decided to get, you know, incredible people on the production management side that have done this. You know, we don't have to kind of start from scratch on workflows and how we engineer the process. But, you know, at the top level, the majority of those people have close relationships with us and, you know, have grown with the business. And I, I want to jump into Daytona because that's just like the like, wow, how how is it with the four of you, like three brothers and a best friend? Is it like a TV show where we could, you know, is this the next OC <laughs> Choppers kind of thing? Like, how how is that dynamic between you all? Because it sounds like each of you are laser focused on a different segment of the business. What a, what a great what show, a, by the way. What yeah, a great show, right? It is. It is a great show. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think our show would be all that interesting, though. You know, I mean, like, I I will say, like, and and maybe this is this is. Uh, Maybe this is a good thing, you know, in the end that it really does work out this way. But, you know, we for the for the, you know, for 90 percent, we stay out of each other's way and, and we like greatly respect the role that each other does. You know, even like, you know, Nick, for example, is, you know, he heads up all logistics that, you know, and in that way is like where do the products move? And he has some, you know, absolutely incredible, you know, um, 
people that have been in, in the logistics space for 30 years, like, you know, Jose, who, who runs like the shipping and f- finishing department. But, you know, we don't want his job in any way, shape or form, you know, and he, he certainly doesn't want to do the monthly reporting for the bank. And so I think we, we really, you know, we, we share that like, team, um, you know, and, and like, uh, you know, collaborative workflow between us. Now there's certainly a lot of brother things that happen, you know, quite like Joey just told me I'm only a part of one order. He's like, you're, he's like, you're complaining about one order. You're only a part of one order. I was like, what are you talking about? Like I talk to every one of our clients on a, on a consistent basis. So we have that banter, I would think always, but for the, for the vast majority, like it's very like, I would say, you know, structured and corporately run um, that wouldn't be expected, I guess, for, for like yeah. a family business. And, and, I, and I think what I hear is like, you're able, you're each able to let go and not be like controlling of one another, you know? And it's like a yeah. lot of us shop owners will bring in an employee and then we'll like micromanage them and we won't let them yeah. like really like trust them completely, trust them to mess up. Right. And like, know that they're going to do what's right. I don't know. Um, that's nuts. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think the, the other thing is, um, you know, with like the bar being set, so, you know, the rungs higher and higher every single time and like the vision on where we want to go, there hasn't necessarily been any, any time to micromanage anybody. You know, it's, it's, it's really been like hire great people, train them, support them, get them to trust us. And, uh, you know, especially from my perspective, and I get the hell out of their way um, because we're, we're always greatly over capacity. We're always moving from this facility to the next facility. We're always installing a piece of machinery. We're always adding another shift. You know, Annabelle's always hiring people. I mean, she hired something like 30 people last month. Um, so it's like, there's not, there's actually not much time to say like, you know, you have to do things my way, you know, like, like I want things done exactly this way. We're more like, Hey, here's a, a training manual. And, you know, here's like a, a, you know, a platform that we've built an empowerment platform of like the process and the engineering behind it. But if you have a better way of doing this, then please roll with it because we're just trying to get the order out. There's another one right behind it. How do you think about growth then here? So it sounds like, uh, like, is it, is there a thought of exit strategy? Is it just grow to be more profitable? Is it grow because it's like, we can take and be bigger in this space and do it better than the others in the entertainment industry? Like what, what fuels that? Yeah, well, so the reason that we turned to Daytona was, you know, we set, we, we kind of got in and said like, okay, wh- what is our mission? What, what would be the most valuable for our clients? How could we deliver on the absolute most value? And every one of our clients share one thing, and then that's they're moving constantly across the country. And as freight increases, as logistics gets harder, as sharing from our shop to another shop gets more and more difficult because, you know, in a, in a screen print world in a 12 color, you need to know the squeegee type and you need to know the, the ink that you chose, the Pantone, the, did you use a crush? I mean, there's so many variables that have to be cataloged. And so we went in and we said, you know what, to deliver the absolute most value, 
we need to be a two-day ground shipment anywhere in the U.S. And so that requires us to build facilities across the country. And then, you know, we did something, you know, just so simple as we just went and plotted all of the shipping addresses. And here's where we ship to. And Chicago is such an incredible place. I mean, it is like the hub, um, you know, so that was done. Okay, great. You know, oddly, we were just born here and, and, and that works. And then we said, where do we, sh-? you know, where's our most volume and our most volume is up until the East Coast. And so, you know, when we plotted that out on the, on the map, it was clear that an East Coast facility would be the next move. Uh, and so then, you know, from that point, the, the largest question was like, okay, well, who's going to go, you know, who moves? And I was like, I'll do January to May, you know, like, like uh, selfishly, like that's why we initially looked at Florida is, you know, purely, I just hate Chicago winters. They're terrible. Uh, I mean, the, the, you can be get disheartened greatly, you know, when you don't see the sunlight, right? Like for we had 30 days with like no sunlight, it's terrible here. And so that was the, the initial, like, okay, if it's going to be on the East coast, let it be warm, you know, but the biggest question was who is going to run this facility? Um, and we, you know, I would say juggled and, you know, text everybody that we knew in the industry, like, you know, who, have, who, who do we know? Who wants, who wants to run something of this size? And, and honestly, who's crazy enough to want to get into this business, uh, you know, and, and run at this pace. And uh, there was a gentleman that, that we've known, his name's Stuart Miller. And we, I've, I've been courting him. He's on my list. I have this like list of, of people that I would love to work with. Um, and he's been on that list for 10 years. And if, you know, he's got a whole like text stream and email stream for 10 years of, of Joey and I being like, you got to come work with us. And he's like, dude, I have 800 employees. Like there's, there's no way I'm going to leave and come to your tiny little crappy what, what shop. What was he doing? It was at Paramount. So Paramount is, you know, a massive facility. You know, I, I don't want to quote how many presses or team members, but a big, but, big but facility. I, I think the point there is like when you said your leads list, like that's so critical. You know, even if it's customers, relationships, like people that you're just keeping in touch with and yep. probably took a hundred asks before he said, yeah, right. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah, I mean, that's pretty sweet. I mean, how many people do that? You know, like there, there's some really good persistence there. Yeah, it was just ten years of saying no. You're nuts. Your kids, you know, like I, I actually think that was the exact text, you know, um, and and we just kept reaching out and kept reaching out and just kept, you know, stayed in touch. You know, like I think we we all are in this industry and and have um, you know like been excited still about it. 14 years later, um, because we do, we do actually have a passion for it. It's, it's incredible to, you know, when, when we pull off the impossible and, and, and not only do we pull off the impossible, but you know, the product goes to the show and it looks amazing. And, you know, somebody takes a photo and and sends it to us and says like, this, this is incredible. It's just like, it's so well done. It's, I see your thumbprint on this piece there's nothing better, you know, like that. That's, I think, what fuels the passion. Uh, but anyways, Joey, 
was talking to Stu about, you know, something, what, I don't know what a nerd talk he's like DTS is he using blah, 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 you know? (laughs) And he's like, Hey, you know, my, my mom is getting up in age. Um, and she lives in Florida and, uh, I'm going to move from Missouri back to Florida. And, and Joey came in my office like, Hey, you're never going to guess, but Stuart's moving to Florida. I called him two minutes later and I was like, what are you going to do there? And he's like, well, I of course have many offers and, you know, uh, I'm going to get a job and, you know, whatever. I was like, I'm going to send you an offer letter today. And so, and I went to Annabelle, I was like, here, send him an offer letter. And he's, she's like, where is he going to work in Chicago? And I was like, no, he's going to work in Florida. And she's like, where? I'm like, at our new facility. And she's like, where, where is that? And I was like, in Florida, like, what's wrong with you? She's like, okay, title. And like the very next day we sent him an offer letter. And what I didn't expect was that it would take a year, almost a year and a half to find a building. I mean, I went, I have frequent flyer miles uh, from all of the airlines going back and forth. And we looked at yeah. What? Wait. Hold on. Let me preface this too because we read the article, but I don't think everybody else knows about this article. So, the the press release is Culture Studio purchases seventy five thousand square foot facility in Daytona, Florida, to help expand production in in the entertainment space. Um, that's even larger than your Chicago one because you're saying that's that's yeah. fifty thousand. So massive, massive investment. Okay, now jump in to yeah. year and a half of, it, it, of hunting. How, how did this? It didn't yeah, start. How do that you way. find that? <laughs> yeah, so I I really was like, hey, so he accepted. You know, he's like, you guys are nuts. He's like, there's something, something, either a screw loose, or it was something going on with you guys. You know, but he's like, I'll take it. Uh, I've always enjoyed your company. You guys become friends, and I was like, awesome. Let's go get a building. It should take two weeks. So we hired a realtor. We started looking at properties. I mean, in the state of Florida, especially at this time, I mean, first and foremost, it's COVID, you know, while while we're doing this and the whole country is moving into Florida, Mm -hmm. you know, Texas or Florida, everybody is moving to these two places. And what is the hottest piece of real estate? warehouses because of e-com brands and because of shipping uh, the worst (laughs) timing on on earth. And I mean, there was a, there was a point where the realtor was just like, I'm done. I mean, I I can no longer deal with you guys. And and we were like, we would look at, and I thought like maybe 15,000 square feet. Like I thought that would be, you know, sizable, you know, you fit exactly what we wanted to do. So, you know, we looked at 15, we looked at 22, we looked at 12, um, you know, we were looking at everything and like the, the price, you know, the landlords at every single one of these buildings were like, this is in such high demand. I'm, you know, at the end of the day, triple net lease. And you know how these things can spiral out of control. It was about $30,000 a month to rent 20,000 square feet. Um, and, and, and that was 20,000 square feet that was broken up wrong. And, and, you know, it, it was, it was just, um, we had no idea. And then we couldn't even pick an area you know, we wanted to be near Stuart because the most important thing to him, which became the most important thing to us is, is that he was close to his mom. And I, I was definitely was going to honor that. I was not like, I'm not going to hire him. And then 
move him away. You know, that the whole point of him going back to Florida was, was to be there with his family. And, you know, I was like, I'm a hundred percent for that. So we're going to figure this out. So we went to every, I mean, we saw them all. And then randomly our realtor was like, Hey, this is probably not going to work for you, but I have a 76,000 square foot, mind you, two floors in, in, in the space. And we have so much space. We don't know what to do with it out there. I mean, there's like 26 offices in this building. Um, and he's like, I don't know if it works, but they're not willing to lease it out. They're, they're only interested in, in selling the property. And I just responded back. I was like, send me the link. He sent me the link and I was like, we'll take it. We went out there the next day, saw it. We said, yes, we agreed to, to the full asking price. And then he was like, okay, so like, how are you going to finance this? And I was like, oh yeah. So <laughs> we got to talk about financing, went to the bank and I was like, guys, this is the 20 year plan. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, if I give any, you know, experience in the, in the financing side and the banking side is, is we did kind of run the financing parallel. We rent with a company that specializes in doing this and, and warehouses and real estate. And then we also rent with our bank that we have a really close relationship with. I go to games with the, you know, with the bankers. Uh, they know everything about our business. We report monthly to them. We have a really, really deep relationship, and we ended up doing the financing with them. Um, and I would say, like, if anything is important with finance or banking, it is having that relationship and having those individuals that make the decisions believe in you and, and, and your mission and the brand. And, and Rich, if I could just start, like one question that just pops up, B and Bruce have been chatting a lot about like venture capital funding, right? Do we raise money yep. from investors or do we raise yep. debt, right? Yep. Did that ever cross your mind of being like, maybe I could just go find someone with some deep pockets that can just say, hey, here you go. Um, like yeah. financing something that big that's that's putting putting something on the on the line there right like what was going through your head you know what gives what gave me the confidence is i have such an incredible team you know and i, I know it's easy to say that but you know our cfo marcello you know i have joey who uh, joey can install every one of these presses by himself he doesn't even doesn't even need the tech you know i have carlo that is going to you know make such a big deal to the clients and, and, and he grooms those relationships every single day. And Nick was going to figure out how, or we're going to move the product back and forth. And Annabelle was going to hire the people. And like, I just, I could keep going and going and going mm -hmm. like every one of these, you know, incredible team members. And I was like, who do I have more faith in? You know, do I have more faith in, in us and, and our team um, to pull this off? Or do I have more faith in somebody that I, that I don't know. And that just may, just may have, like you said, deeper pockets. And so, you know, we decided to bet on ourselves there and, you know, we, we've never taken a, a dollar of financing. We've, you know, if you want to call it bootstrap this company slowly, super slowly, I mean, it's been 14 years. Um, and we've done that, you know, really the, the whole way. And so, you know, I guess like it's worked so far. And so, you know, we're like, okay, let's, let's roll with it. And, you know, the, the other kind of like, roadblocks that, you know, there was one after another, but, you know, some of the, you know, more interesting ones were like, you know, we, we said like, we, we will take the building. 
And I remember I signed the contract almost immediately because I knew there was nothing out there. And we saw everything, you know, that was in the space. And then uh, we said to the realtor, we're like, hey, where does the natural gas come into the building? And he was like, the what? And I said, yeah, you know, you've, you, you saw our shop. We have big giant dryers and they're powered from natural gas. And he's like, dude, this is Florida. We don't have natural gas in the building. So I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> there was that. <laughs> electric there was, dryers. Oh boy. Yeah. Like, are we going to do electric dryers? There was that. Then there was, okay, what kind of machinery are you going to put in here? Well, here you go. This is the power we think we're going to need. And he was like, dude, are you serious? This was a holding facility. You know, it was just, just racks, you know, it was econ, no power. I mean, barely, I mean, we couldn't power our iPhones, you know, from there. So we have to do special order power from Florida power company. And so, you know, one other thing I think that, I think one of the inflection points that were so important was, you know, we got to a place where we hoped and prayed that we were going to close the financing, but financing was going to take about three to four months. And we just didn't have that time to wait to permit and pick contractors. And so I think we, we did something that was, was definitely against our legal team's advice and we first off had to decide, are we going to hire contractors from Florida? Or are we going to import all of our contractors that have built every one of our facilities and, and actually work on every one of our presses and all the power and gas and you know everything? Are we going to import them? And it was going to be about $250,000 more expensive to do that. Or are we going to hire local? And, uh, you know, there's a guy by the name of Randy that has built every one of our facilities and he's kind of a GC, but, you know, focuses on electric and knows everything about these. You ship, you ship Randy there? Randy, to Randy, to go to Florida. Moved, Randy moved there for two months <laughs> and we pulled all of the permits and we, we did, I mean, it was expensive. We pulled all permits. We, you know, bought everything, bought the transformers, everything three months prior to closing. Wow. So if we didn't close and the, even the mo most incredible thing was that the owner of the building allowed us to pull these permits. Like we didn't, we didn't have possession of the building and so uh, she signed for, she has super gambling. I mean, we're, we're, we're playing like all face down cards, poker, you know? And, like, and I, like, I think the craziest part is you're buying a building in another state. You're, you have to somehow figure out that runway until you even start printing a shirt. Like when does the first shirt start printing there? Right? Like, yeah, you're just burning cash. Days. Wow. Yeah. So we so, built the entire facility in 30 days. I mean that when you guys see the, the, the conduit, that, that has been run, we pulled the gas line from all the way down the street into the building. We have, I mean, they ripped, they had to cut the entire parking lot. Um, and there's four autos up, brand new set, running, tagging, folding, everything in 30 days. It and, is and, you, and you were able of. to get equipment there. Like you could call MNR and be like, Hey, I need these. Cause like we know equipment manufacturers are like Rich super is on special up. order. He, what was that like on VIP, uh, rush order. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Good relationships. Like, yeah. The, and the, like the strength of, 
of, you know, I would say like building like this, this essence of like a dream team with, with Stuart coming on and Joey and, and, and being here in the backyard of MNR. Um, you know, we, we were able to get all brand new dryers, brand new presses. Uh, um, you know, actually they were there prior to us closing on the building. You know, we actually, the, the owner of the building allowed us to sit all of these pieces of equipment in there and we didn't even own the building. Um, and so, you know, like, I think if I can give any recommendation, anybody in this space that is moving or going to another, uh, location is like pay the price to have your team there, you know, like whether that's your own contractors or your own team members. I mean, Randy is, is a godsend. I mean, what he was able to achieve. I mean, we're, we're running a job right now. That's like uh, 50 something thousand units. Uh, on all four presses out there. It's, in, I mean, it's just, it's nuts. You know, we closed in May. What's the, what's the scale of culture studio now? Like people, what what can you share revenue, um, units? What, what are know, your stats? So people can understand. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I feel, I don't like, you know, we don't have, we like to be as like, you know, authentic as humanly possible. And hopefully this helps somebody along the way. Um, so we're just going to encroach on 200 team members. Uh, you know, we'll have uh, 130 something square feet of production, you know, across Chicago, as I said, seven days a week, uh, three shifts. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we only have one shift out in Daytona, um, you know, but we're going to, we're, we're already adding, I saw some slacks today um, that we're coming across. And then, you know, for, you know, as far as, uh, gross sales wise, you know, we're definitely in the eight figures and, uh, you know, there's certainly a three in front of that. And, uh, hopefully, hopefully we can, you know, even, even break that, you know, this year. <laughs> we do post some um, public math or, uh, <laughs> we don't, we don't, we all don't do public math, but, uh, yeah, I mean like, the, but, but it's scale. Is there a thought that, you know, um, like, have you ever thought about your exit strategy? Like, do I want to retire owning this and just be wealthy off it? Do I want to sell it someday? Have you guys like, yeah, you said, you know, you've got kids and you're getting older and things like that. Like, have you started to think about that a little bit? I mean, I, I think, you know, the, the, what we were trying to solve, like why the hell do this? Like why be up at, you know, one o'clock in the morning trying to figure out like on the camera system, like did UPS pick this box up? Or did they just throw it off the truck, you know, when, when, when they left the building and, and, and then do that at scale, do that across, you know, all these different doors. I mean, we just installed our camera and security system and it, you know, it was like 20 something door sensors, you know, like wh where could the box have gone? Um, <laughs> but she's like, I've, I've checked the cameras so many times. <laughs> I, I, yeah. <laughs> if you want to nerd out, I got to show you the the system that we put in. It's it's it's, it's crazy central monitoring that it has the ability to look at the cameras as well. You know, uh, card access and security and everything in in one single place. It's it's really insane. It's a whole new level of of like you know having your eyes on on everything at once. Um, so I'll I'll share that with you after we get off. But you know what? So like. I think what we were trying to build is, is something that it allows our clients to maximize, you know, their potential revenue and the money that they can make on merch. And, you know, the, we wanted to build something that is power behind that because at the end of the day, 
whether it's the Rolling Stones or, or Taylor Swift or whatever the case may be, if we drop the ball, the, we, they lose a significant amount of the revenue that they, that, that they depend on. Um, and so if we ship 50,000 units into um, Madison Square Gardens and they were expecting 100,000, then that we, we half you know, their potential revenue. Um, inversely, if we ship 150,000, you know, then, you know, we one and a half times, you know, their potential revenue. And if the product is incredible and people love it, you know, then, then, then we are, are so much a part of, of, you know, them, you know, making significant amount of their revenue stream from merchandise. And so I it's think not, it sounds like beautiful, you natural, you like super mission driven, which, is like, yeah. look, we're not really focused on. It's just like we want to continue growing. We want to continue building this monster. But I, I think what I hear, I was listening to a podcast this morning. I listened to like my first million, um, and they were talking about I love like those a, guys. Yeah, they were talking yeah, about you a bunch to it too. We always, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're gonna get a little text group going. We always yeah, yeah, started yeah. like, oh, new ones just dropped. Uh, but they were saying like they had a bunch of business owners that raised their hand and tried to pitch like what their business was, right? And it was finally until the the business owner that says like, I'm here to help. Um, and, and I think what I'm hearing over and over you say is like, you are there to help your clients win. Like yeah. culture studios helps their clients win. you help them make money and it's not like it's, it's a, we conversation. Um, and I think that's, that's that mindset shift. I see it in the forums all the time. Like my customer does this, my customer does that. Like for you guys, it's like, we're, we're one unit, you know, and, and we're the backbone of you all. And I think that's that solution minded, like we're here to help our customers and our clients win, um, beyond printing the t-shirt comes last and that's what you'll do anything and everything for and overnight stuff around the country. I'm sure there's probably some crazy war stories of overnight yeah. work and I don't private even wanna, jets. Yeah. Okay. So this is actually, all right, just go ahead and tell that story because I, I cruised through and tried to pull as many example clients. You dropped a couple names just now, Taylor Swift, Rolling Stones. I saw guns and roses, sublime WWE or WWF as we know from when we were kids, Jonas brothers, Chris Stapleton. I mean, those are just the ones I could find, but Tell us about the private jet. Uh, yeah, that yeah. and as much yeah. more. These are the fun stories. Yeah, I mean, I, there's there's far too many. And you know, one thing I wanted wanted to mention was like that that mission driven, never never allowing a no to happen. There's yes buts, but it's not great for turnover. Yeah, you know, I, I, I will say that. You know, like to the that can make people crack in half. And being in the client services business and and thinking of like we're actually partners in this, you know, uh, we're always behind a license holder. Someone owns the license to all these products and we're their power. We're the, we're the manufacturing and logistics and creative power behind that. And when they say this artist just caught on and is incredible and we're doing a pop-up, a pop-up in New York, when? Tonight. Well, what time is it? It's eleven o'clock. Okay, they want twenty thousand units to deliver. What time are they calling to you? New York? This is just now. You know, it's ten o'clock. It's eleven o'clock. This has happened many a times. <laughs> oh my god! And then get to a place where, for whatever reason, the the actual jet 
that that we hire to take it to New York because you can't you, FedEx overnight is overnight. This is happening today. Forgets a box, and you know we should actually post tickets because that would be kind of funny to actually see the tickets of Carlo and Nick and three other team members actually walking on to a United Airlines you know like flight or actually getting onto like a, a private jet and taking that box because that we've never missed a concert. We've never missed an event. Now, a hell of a lot of stuff has gone wrong. I'm actually, as soon as I turn off the do not disturb, I'm going to get 10 things that went wrong since we've been on this call. <laughs> like, I, you know, I already get know the that. fire extinguisher <laughs> out. Yeah. I mean, I have the hat on right now. We all do. We all have that. Steven, I know you have the hat on too. You know, like it's all we do is do is not put disturb. out fires. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we go into it and we're in the client services business. Um, and you know, the, to, to finish it, like, what is the exit strategy? I think it, it would be incredible if one or multiple of our clients find so much value in what we've been able to build and buy it, you know, or take it on for, in, for their own infrastructure. That would be, I think, like the coolest awesome. thing. Well, it would be like validating. And that's the, that's, that's a life changing event. And everyone's like, would you, you know, I, I get a lot of questions of this since we got our investment. Like, would you ever let go of campus Inc? Like, yeah, for the right, for the Mm -hmm. right, everything, because that would be the token that said, Hey, you fought the good fight and you did it it. and you did it. Um, that's awesome. Well, what happened with the PJ? So you put on the, (laughs) was it all the boxes on there and, and got it to them. Like, so you're stocking stuff then too, to be able to do this obviously. Right. Or, or SNS being right here, you can go drive or how does this all work? Yeah, I mean, there's well, we have an inventory system. There's well over a million garments in the building, you know, and and actually, Daytona has thirty something thousand square feet of just racking. You know, the whole the whole you know move here is have the product in inventory, yank it right off the shelf, get it to press as soon as possible. Um, so, you know, we were heavily invested in having the product and then, you know, we're just super lucky to be in the Mecca of distributors. You got SNS here, you got alpha here, you got everybody here. Um, so that's just kind of stumbling on luck. So we can pretty much get anything same day. Wow. So you, you print, you put on the boxes, it's there before the pop-up at 11 PM. Yeah. I mean, I, we could share so many, I mean, Carlos gone to Fenway, uh, you know, with, with hockey bags, like yeah. <laughs> when they, when your clients see that, like I did a duffel bag trip to LA for masks once. Um, and, uh, nice. <laughs> and when your clients see that, they're just like, wow, like that human being cares more about me right now than his own family, than his own whatever. And they're willing to do that. There's no greater sale than that. Right. And I mean, you know, and then when, when something goes wrong, they give you some grace and they're like, I, I understand you really tried and it didn't work out, you know? Um, yeah, I think but, like the, the commitment can't be to have everything go perfect, especially not with humans. You know, I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're working, you know, physically, we can't work from home, you know, mm-hmm. like our teams are, are, you know, both of our teams are in the building, you know, like physically working things shall go wrong. But I think the commitment is that when something goes wrong, we'll go absolutely to the end of the earth to make it right. Uh, and so like that, that level of commitment has kept, you know, those clients here for 
10 years or 14 years. For the scale of an artist, like, you know, you mentioned Taylor Swift. What, what, what is that like? I think, you know, everything is on a grand scale, you know, the, the volume of, of, you know, everything that we're doing, like it's, it's easy to say like, Oh, put a hang tag on, you know, put a hang tag on a garment. Um, but when it, when it gets at volume and then it's like, Oh, it's, it's going to be 30,000 units that need a hang tag. And not only do they need a hang tag, they need a size strip. They need a poly bag. They need a, you know, a retail skew. It's like, there's so much more. I would say we're in the logistics business over anything. You know, it's all about getting that product, sourcing it, bringing it into the facility, managing that workflow, ensuring that everything goes right. And then you still got to get it to the actual retailer or get it to the distributor or get it to the event. So it's, it's definitely logistics at scale. But even like um, those I, massive tours, like, is it just constant printing to, to venue after venue after venue? Yep. I mean, the lines are out the door for merch, you know, for, yeah. for the plus I'm sure online and everything else. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, we, we've been so fortunate to be a part of, of so many big, giant, incredible tours. And, and even now that we were, you know, we were shut down for a, a strong year and a half, almost two years. Um, and of so, course, yeah. yeah, getting tours back has, has just made us more than happy and everybody's thrilled. And you know, it actually helps a little bit with like, okay, we're going to set the bar so high and unrealistic with every one of our expectations, but Hey, we're back. So that has been kind of helpful. It's like, remember when we had no tours, like that was really bad. Uh, so you know, we, we lost that like spoiled brat syndrome a little bit, you know, Rich, if you were to go back 14 years ago, would you ever think culture studios is where it's at today? Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I think, you know, I would, I would definitely think that, you know, me and my brothers and my team and, you know, that we, this would assemble, um, you know, we kind of have like a day one kind of mindset still, you know, for, for where we want to take the business and, you know, being a two day ground ship anywhere in the U S requires so many facilities across the country. Um, and so, you know, we, we just feel like it's so early on and in, in what we're trying to do. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, we're, we're, I think we're happy we're, with where it's gone and it hasn't been an overnight success or scale in any way, shape or form. It has been so much, you know, manual, you know, like long hours, long days, long, deep thought, you know, like it hasn't been like, Oh shit. One day it's just like, we ran this Facebook ad and you know, like some of our clients, like, yeah, I just ran a Facebook ad and I did $4 million and I sold this shirt that says like something here. Um, it has been not in any way, shape or form that for us, you know, it's been no get rich quick schemes in the, in the production business. Rich, while we close this out, actually, you got one more story for us as a, uh, as a wrap up. Yeah, I think, um, you know, maybe this, this, this is a kind of like, you know, a, a, a fun story this is like, uh, when, when we were in 9,000 square feet, right. We, we were on the second floor. Um, yeah, like our, our shop was in the West loop, uh, you know, on Adam street and, and we were like on the second floor there 
on wood. So like actually like a wood floor and there was like, uh, you know, a basement underneath it and everything like what the load was on that wood floor compared to the machinery <laughs> we had on was it. Not... Like, there was like, cracking and like, it was bad. Um, and so, you know, basically Carlo, you know, came on to the team. He started washing screens and he got too hot. I can like his second day. And, uh, and we were like, what are you, what are you going to do? And he's like, I like sales. And we're like, all right, you know, like get him in sales. And so, you know, he, he caught a couple, you know, decent opportunities. And then we, you know, we started to turn to, you know, like we love the music and we started to turn to that side. And so Carla was chasing after this license holder for like two years asking, begging, you know, for just give us a shot. You know, we're building something incredible. We're, we're changing the game. We, we created this thing called high res photo proofs. We send a high res photo of every single print, uh, before production, like the dumbest thing that anybody could ever think of doing. It destroys efficiencies. It's like terrible. And like, we're doing that. We don't care about efficiencies. We only care about making this most incredible product. And, you know, finally they're like, all right, we're going to give you a shot. And like that shot is with a band called Black Sabbath. And the first order is like 15,000 hoodies. And so they're like, where do we deliver it? Okay, 1528 West Adams. So the semi truck pulls up on Adams Street and they're like, where's your loading docks? And we're like, loading docks? <laughs> what do you mean loading docks? Like we don't have, there, there's no doors. Like there's, there's just a single door. So two semi trucks, pallets and pallets of hoodies. We had to unload off the pallets up all the way up to the second floor, put them places on top of each other, produce those orders, put them back in the boxes, bring them out the same way on Adam street, actually sitting out on the street and then palletize them. And, uh, it, like even got quickly or, you know, I think around the industry that like these guys are nuts. Like they don't even have loading docks, but they produce the order. And, uh, and, and Joey and, and, and his team worked endlessly. I mean, there were, there's nothing that was going to get in their way. Uh, and so like there, there's, there's so many of those, like, just like, I guess we didn't even know, like we were just weren't, I guess, smart enough or wise enough to think that we needed loading docks. Like, you know, we we're just naive, I guess. Um, and that just, you know, kind of how we got along. That's awesome. That funny. That's such a good Steven story. Steven has the second story. Uh, uh, we were on a second floor too. We actually busted the <laughs> busted the back door out and had a forklift as an elevator and it would take oh us up Oh my God, down. that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. This is awesome. This yeah, is awesome. Thanks, Rich. I appreciate the time. I know you're super busy, Florida and back, but uh, this is a great episode. No, thanks a lot. I, and I follow all your guys' content. You guys are doing, you know, so many incredible things. And, uh, you know, I, Bruce, what you've done with Pentavo is, is, is just absolutely incredible. So, you know, thanks so much. And we got to get on that text together. You know, I'd love to share more with you guys and uh, you know, get some good podcast recommendations. My, my first million print club. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Sweet. Thanks, Rich. 